Welcome to the Fresh Faith Podcast. We're an organization to help you find Jesus, follow Jesus, and find others to follow Jesus. It's our goal to help you become an unreasonably committed follower of Jesus. I'm Aaron Brewer, the founder of Fresh Faith, and I want to welcome you to our third week of Advent, talking about the great adventure. See that? Adventure. That's right. It's based off of my latest book, uh, which is an Advent project for you and your family. I hope you get it. If you can't get to it this year, you can definitely use it next year. It's a great gift to get involved in. This week, we're talking about the wise men. And the Bible says this about the wise men in Matthew chapter 2. We're switching books. We were talking in Luke, and now we're going to talk in Matthew. In fact, we're going to be in the same chapter, but skip around a little bit. And we're going to title this The Best Gift. It's all about generosity. In Matthew 2, verses 1 through 2, and then verses 9 through 11, the Bible says this. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and we've come to worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way. And there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Christmas is often called the season of giving. And it's fitting because, well, that's what we do at Christmas. We give. We give presents to those we love. We give extra offerings at church. No, not just because it's the end of the year and we get a tax deduction. But we give extra grace to strangers and we give spare coins to charities at shopping entrances. We also give thoughtfulness throughout the season. It really is the season of giving. I remember some of the gifts I've received over the years at Christmas. Thinking back, many of them were sports-related as a child, and many of them were fashion-related as an adult. There's one thing that I've received every year as long as I've lived. You know what it is? Shoes. Sometimes one pair, sometimes many pairs. But I've always received shoes. My mom worked at a shoe store when I was a kid, and when I was 18, my parents bought the business. Now it's just a part of every single occasion. If there's a gift to be given, you can bet your bottom dollar that shoes will be involved. And hey, I'm not complaining. I'm a sneakerhead. Do you remember the best Christmas gift you've ever received? I don't. But I can say with all confidence that whatever it is, it came from my wife. She's the most thoughtful gift giver on the planet. Andrea doesn't just give you a gift to give you a gift. She puts thought into who you are when deciding what gift she wants to give you. And it's always spectacular. Honestly, I remember the gifts I've given more than the gifts I've received. I guess it's true that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Psychologically, there's an interesting connection between giving and receiving that's opposite of what you might think. I've heard it said that when a person gives something of value to someone in need, the someone in need who received 
may be thankful, but feels no obligation to the giver. However, the giver now feels an obligation to the receiver that's not necessarily reciprocated. That's why if you've ever given a meal to someone on the street in your town, you'll look for that person to bless again when the time comes for you to express generosity. The bond is formed by giving, not receiving. Man, I feel like I could preach really good right now about how that's why God is so in love with you and has a bond for you that can't be broken because he is the one who is the source and giver of the very life you have and the very air you breathe. He has given everything to you and it has formed an unbreakable, unconditional bond of love towards you. Or how about all you need to do to overcome the hate you feel in your heart towards certain people is to give generously to them because it forms an empathetic bond in your heart for them. And you're never more like Jesus than when you're giving. So when you give to them, you'll have the same heart for them that Jesus does. And we know the heart Jesus has for them because he's given them his very life, which has formed his unbreakable, unconditional bond of love toward them. But I won't mention any of that right now, so I'll just keep talking about Christmas. You know, your cute little nativity scenes with the baby Jesus, Joseph, and Mary on either side of the manger. The shepherds and some cute animals, some angels, and three wise men holding gifts beside a camel. You know that little nativity scene? Well, that's not a totally accurate depiction of the nativity story, but it does make a good representation of the story as a whole. The wise men actually showed up a little later after Jesus' birth. They traveled from the east, and they followed an astronomical phenomenon to the very place where Jesus was staying. According to the passage, the star seemed to have appeared at his birth, and the wise men noticed it and followed it on a long journey that led them to Jesus. I was preaching through this passage one Sunday in December, and I posed the question of how some magi from the east could have known the Jewish scriptures well enough to know that the star was signifying the birth of the Messiah, the king of the Jews. I didn't know the answer, but afterward a gentleman found me and told me that he had the answer. And he explained to me that Daniel, back in the Old Testament, became a legendary wise man, or magi, in Babylon during the Jewish exile. He said that Daniel's influence was so great that his foretelling of the Messiah told him in a dream in Daniel chapter 9 became the teaching and observation of Magi for centuries following. Thus, some Magi, probably from Babylon in the east, recognized the astronomy signifying the Savior's birth. Isn't that an interesting thought? What I find most interesting about this story is that these important educated magi traveled a distance to bring a toddler some significant gifts. A toddler who was still in diapers, not potty trained, still being breastfed, couldn't formulate an intelligent string of words, had just learned to walk, and had absolutely nothing to give them in return. They came to worship the Messiah, no matter how he presented himself, and they worshiped him through generosity. They presented gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They did that in worship to a toddler, a toddler whose gentle exhales were providing the very inhale of life for every living thing on the planet. 
A toddler whose inner being blueprinted the entire universe and crafted every detail of its intricate design. A toddler who was the very word of God wrapped in soft brown skin, curly hair, wide eyes, and silly giggles. A toddler who, though he gave no acceptance speech, accepted and approved of their worship through generosity, knowing that the beauty of their hearts were encompassed by their willingness to give deeply, expecting nothing in return. And although they received nothing in return that day from Jesus, they would eventually receive the best gift of all, love and life that are unconditionally and intrinsically theirs forever. Maybe that's why we practice gift-giving at Christmas. I know. It's over-commercialized and all about profits, and that's just a byproduct of culture and civilization. Don't let that steal the meaning of the gift-giving of Christmas. It's the birth of Jesus. So make it big, make it bright, and advertise it like crazy. Perhaps the gift-giving tradition is a symbolic remembrance of the wise men's generosity and worship of Jesus. And like the wise men, we receive through our giving. It's giving the best gift we can offer, expecting nothing in return. Generosity is worship. Let me make it clearer. Generosity to others... Expecting nothing in return is worship to Jesus. You can worship Jesus by giving generously to someone in need. Imagine if we approached every opportunity to give as an act of worship to Jesus. It would make us a lot more intentional about how we give and what we give. If you were paying for someone else's groceries as a gesture of generosity, but you knew it was a pure act of worship to Jesus, you'd tell them to go back and grab the wine too. If you were filling up someone else's gas tank as a gesture of generosity, but you knew it was a pure act of worship to Jesus, you'd tell them to go in and grab lunch as well. If you were making someone a meal as a gesture of generosity, but you knew it was a pure act of worship to Jesus, you'd make it with the best ingredients you have on the best dishes you own, and you'd throw in your best dessert too. And what if I told you that every single act of generosity to another person is an act of worship to Jesus? What if you treated every small act of kindness as an act of worship to Jesus. You wouldn't only live a happier, more fulfilled life, but you would also make the biggest difference in the world today. And that's the best gift, the one you give in worship to Jesus. Because now the gifts he's given you don't just stop in your heart and in your hands, but they continue to pass through your heart through your hands, to bless others as well. And when you bless others with what God has given you, you are the one that receives the biggest blessing of all. So there's a family activity this week I would love for you to participate in. So give something of value to someone who can't repay you. Here are three tips to help you do that. Number one, give thought to your gift. Number two, be willing to go the extra mile to make it meaningful. Number three, give with no strings attached. 
for your kids, here's a great way for you to involve them in this activity. Bake and deliver cookies to an elderly person. Three tips for this. Number one, choose your favorite cookies. Number two, use sprinkles and icing for your own creative decorations. And number three, put cookies in a fun container. Again, it's not just about what we give. It's about how we give. I want to let you know that this Christmas has been the best Christmas for us as a family. Living in Arizona doesn't just bring warmer weather for us during the day, but it's actually brought us community that we didn't have before. But that's not why Christmas is the best it's ever been. It's not just the fact that we're in a place we've never been. We're being very intentional about Christmas this year with our family. Andrea has taken time and taken a lot of opportunity to dive into the meaning of Christmas with the girls, not just once or twice, but every single day during Advent this year. She reads a book. She does a craft with them. Sometimes it's baking things. Sometimes it's making ornaments. And then she'll go into it and teach them the biblical story behind some of the things that she's doing. So she did this thing called a Jesse tree where each day there's an ornament that they receive and it's tied to a story in the Bible that tells the whole story encompassing why Jesus came. And it's just a beautiful way that they're able to see not only traditions in the world of Christmas, but how they're tied to Christ and the story of God and his redemption of humanity through sending his son, Jesus. And just a beautiful way that they're learning it, but we're getting it. And and, and I, I don't even know how to say just that this is by far been the best Christmas season we've ever had because we've immersed our full selves, not just into the facts of Christmas or into the celebrations of Christmas through intentionality, but into the spirit of Christmas, into the heart of it. And all of it has revolved around one word that we talked about today, generosity. How are you expressing your generosity this Christmas season? It's more than giving to a ministry. It makes a big difference to give to a ministry or to give to a nonprofit. It's more than that. It's about being generous through every action and every encounter you have. Be intentional about it. If at no other time during the year you're intentional about it, be intentional about it this week, this season, and do it on behalf of God because he's still showing his generosity to the world. It didn't stop the day he gave his son. It continues through your life and through my life today, through every encounter, whether it's with your kids, teaching them the heart of Christmas, or whether it's on the street with a stranger who has nothing to repay you back with. May you change the world for the better through the spirit of Christmas that is generosity, showcasing the love of God today. Peace. Thank you.